Anchor is your one-stop shop that comes with literally everything you need to make your own podcast. It's free, easy, and you can make money with no minimum listenership. Just hit up Anchor app or check out anchor.fm to get started. Hi, my name is Mark and this is 7th Inning Flips, the podcast. Welcome to episode one. Please check me out on Instagram under Flip Mode Bach. That's B-O-K, Flip Mode Bach. And that's pretty much where I got started, guys. Jumped on Instagram to join the hobby community and within that profile, I just recap all the flips that come my way. And we're talking about flipping cards. It's all baseball cards, guys. And that got me inspired to start up a podcast and get more in-depth in terms of the hobby, what I'm doing flipping-wise, and maybe even a little bit of insight of who I'm flipping. So in every episode, we got a little weekly breakdown of all COMC flips, and that's checkoutmycards.com. We're going to be talking about some tips, some tricks to hopefully get you guys to flip some cards as well, and do it successfully, mind you. Little segment about fantasy talk, little things going around baseball to help you in your fantasy leagues, whether you're in a keeper league, whether you're in a redraft. And of course, we're going to end it off with a little bit of hobby talk. Just little things, little general cleanups, little points about the hobby that might be relative to what's going on. So, this being episode one, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of insight of who I am. I'm a hobby collector that returned in 2016 after doing the hobby, I guess, in the middle of the junk wax era when I was just a kid. Came back in 2016 kind of by accident. My brother, as I don't know if it was a gag gift, but he got me a box of 2016 Topps flagship. That kind of started the ball, didn't it? I opened up the box and a big, huge wave of nostalgia hit me. The cards are really cool. I've never even seen, I haven't even opened up a pack for almost 20 years so opening up these packs with like the borderless cards all the inserts rookie cards now had an rc designation that blew me away inserts were blowing me away i thought that was really cool and then all these variations i remember pulling my first uh i think it was a reverse negative the black and white card man that blew me away i was looking at it reading the backs of cards and i was just taken back to what i used to do as a kid and read the cards front and back and That's pretty much what I did for the entire box. Plus, my favorite part of the hobby, ripping packs. There's something about ripping packs. You just, you rip into it, you have no idea what you got, and you're flipping through the cards. And in this case, in the modern hobby, you've got things like relic cards and autos. And, you know, for me, it was kind of overwhelming, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It got me going down this dangerous road where I just started buying all kinds of boxes. I was buying everything, Bowman, Topps flagship. I was opening random packs of Gypsy Queen. You name it, I was buying it. And it got to the point where I started to realize, hey, you know what? I got to find a focus. I got to narrow this down because this is just, I'm ending up with piles of cards all over the place and nowhere to put them. So over the next year or so, I kind of refined it. Really love things like Topps Heritage. Went through that, did a couple of years of building sets. Went through my Bowman phase, kind of got priced out of Bowman. I mean, it's really expensive, guys. It's not really for hobbyists, really. And then Flagship, which I'm still sticking to. Flagship is good. It's a lot of fun. But you had to find out what you liked. And in that journey, I actually found flipping. Flipping kind of came by accident. I jumped onto this uh, website that you guys can check out. 
It's called COMC. A lot of you guys know it. A lot of you guys use it. Check out my cards. And from there, you can just kind of send in cards that you don't want. Hopefully others do. And you just sell your cards there. You can also buy cards there. You can also hold your cards for shipment. And when you have enough, you can send them home to you. So I thought that was pretty appealing to me. Jumped onto the site. I was sending them some of the cards that I bought from the aforementioned uh, Tops, Gypsy Queen, whatnot, the Heritage, and started buying cards there. While I was waiting for the cards to process, I flipped a couple. I think uh, one of the first flips was a Francisco Lindor Auto. And at the time in 2016, I think this is before cards really started to blow up. And you can still find a Francisco Lindor for about 15 bucks, I think it was. I sold them for like 26 or something. I blew my mind that you can do something like that and make some money off of it. So that started this whole flip thing. And I started small. Going to little flips, 25 cents to 30, 25 cents to 40. Just because I didn't really know what I was doing, I wanted to dip my foot into the water just to make sure that the water felt good. And over the next couple of years, I've really ramped it up now. Not to the point where I'm paying off a mortgage. No, not to the point where I actually don't even use the profit. I haven't even bought a pizza for myself. But what I do use with the profits is I just buy more cards, either in the sense that I want it for my PC, or either in the sense that I'm using it to flip. Case in point, I got a Mike Trout update out of it, thanks to flipping. I also PC, I, well, I PC Mike Trout, so I've got a bunch of his cards now from Check Out My Cards as a result of my flipping profits. Another guy I like to collect, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I live in Toronto, it's the market, big Jays fan, lifelong Jays fan. Been following Vlad since 2016 when I got back into the hobby because he jumped up in 2016 Bowman. So I've been collecting a lot of his cards and I've bought a bunch of his cards on COMC. Those cards are now free because I use the profits from flipping into getting these cards and I send them home. So I have a Vlad 2016 uh, Beckett authenticated autograph card. I've got a bunch of his first chromes. I have a couple of his variations on that. I think I have about 25 uh, 2019 Series 2 No Number Vlads that are waiting to come home. That's right, 25 of them. I was buying those cards at 9 10 bucks a pop, maybe 11 tops. So 25 times 9 10 11 bucks a pop, that adds up. But that's what I paid for them, and I used my profits. What are they now? I think they're going for $29, $30. So, I mean, I've pretty much doubled, if not tripled, my investment. I hate that word. But, I mean, it is what it is. But because he's a PC guy, I'm probably not going to be selling them anytime soon. They're coming home to me eventually. In fact, they're kind of waiting. They're in limbo as I'm waiting for enough cards to send home to me. And in this time of year, 2020, we're in the middle of a little bit of a crisis, a global pandemic, if you will. It doesn't look like I'm going to get those cards anytime soon. So I'm happy to just let them store, let them sit there, let them percolate. One day I'm going to have them in my hand. Can't wait. That's a little bit about me, guys. Let's get right into the show here, guys. And we're going to be talking about some flips. I go through a weekly breakdown. We're going to be talking about some tips, a little bit of tricks, some fantasy talk, and like I said before, a little bit of hobby talk as well. So when it comes to the weekly breakdown of flips, these are literally just cards that I have flipped in the last week. We're going to be talking about the cards itself, the player, maybe a little blurb on each, and a little breakdown of maybe why I did it. Card number one, Max Kepler. It's a 2016 Topps Heritage. Purple Refractor variation. I bought this card at 
35 cents and I sold it for $2.23. That's a 537% profit. Not bad, and I bought the car for, for about 13 months ago. The reason why I bought Max Kepler, bought it for 35 cents. One, because it was cost effective. I like buying cards at a cheap, cheap price. And I thought, hey, this guy's a breakout candidate. And sure enough, he had a good 2019. Now, I love guys like this. I love post-hype guys. I love guys that might bust out because there's a lot of value in that. A lot of people have given up on them. If you're not giving them immediate returns, if you're not like an Acuna or a Soto going nuts right away, people kind of sour on it. They want to get rid of it. I'm there to pick up those pieces and say, hey, this, this might be actually a pretty good card. So I did that with Max Kepler this week, sold it. Uh, 36 home runs last year, 90 RBIs, career highs and batting average, on base, slug. The guy really had a great year. And of course... Sold it on COMC to someone who actually saw that as well. Maybe he's a Kepler PC guy. Maybe he sees a little bit of room on the bone and he just decided to, hey, I'm going to take a chance on this. And sure enough, I sold it for 223 I think it's listed for 3 and change right now on COMC. So there is a little bit of room on the, on the card there. I'm not sure if he actually relisted it. The cool thing about COMC is you can actually see who buys your cards and you can also see who you're buying your cards from. So if people like to track that kind of stuff, absolutely you can. And once in a while I have. I've, I've looked up the guy's profile and checked out if he's relisted my card or not. And sometimes they do. And you know what? That's great. As a flipper, I love leaving a little bit of meat on the bone for the next guy because that means they're going to come back to my account and say, hey, he's got some fairly priced cards out there. And I'm already making 537% on that card. Card number two of the week was a Amir Garrett 2015 Bowman blue wave refractor i bought this card about 35 months ago so three years the buy-in was a dollar 50 i sold it for a dollar 43 so that's a minus four percent profit a loss of seven massive cents and i'm just going to stop here and say not every flip is going to be profitable not every flip is going to be successful and if in fact you check out my instagram flip mode buck you'll see that i share both it's not just raw, raw, sis, boom, ba. Like I'm going to share you, share with you guys some of my bad cards, some of the bad flips out there because it's a reality. You're not going to hit a home run every single time. So along the same lines as Max Kepler, I thought Amir Garrett was a great breakout candidate. And in fact, I actually kind of went on one thing and it was on the MLB network and when Pedro Martinez was just pumping his tires after a start. And that was enough for me to go on to COMC, check him out, find a card and buy it right away. I'm going to go back into this later on in the tips and tricks, but probably not the smartest thing to do. At the time, it was probably the most expensive card I bought to flip. I was usually buying cards at 25 cents, 30 cents, maybe even 50 tops. So for me to spend $1.50 at the time, that was pretty huge. And of course, it uh, didn't work out, but we'll get back to that. Card number three, Brian Anderson, 2018 Tops Chrome Refractor. The buy-in for this card was $0.25, cents, and this was literally a year ago. 12 months ago, I bought this for $0.25. Cents. I sold it this week for $0.47. Cents. That's an 88% profit. Not bad for a year. And again, same lines as Max Kepler, Amir Garrett. I thought this is another breakout candidate. This is a guy that's on the Marlins. And he had career highs, of course, in 2019, 20 home runs, 66 RBIs, 
career high in OPS plus. There's still a little bit of room, I think, with Brian Anderson. I think he can actually do better than these numbers. The immediate question would be, why did you sell? Well, you know what? I decided I want to cash out and move on. That happens too. You're going to be looking at your card sometimes. And you're just going to say, hey, I'm just going to get what I can out of it. I'm going to move on because I have other targets. And you want to use that credit, right? One of the things that you want to avoid is you don't really want to have too many cards just sitting there in your account waiting for people to buy them. The reason being is because I like to call that dead stock. And when your credit isn't moving, when it's not working for you, when you're not finding those flips or you're using it for your PC, you're just leaving a lot of money out there. So sometimes it's just good to cash out, whether it's for a little bit, whether it's for a loss. It's not bad to take a loss, guys. Sometimes that's a good thing to do. That way you can just move on and move on to the next guy. And uh, speaking of moving on, this is the fourth and final flip of the week. Yuan Moncada, 2017 Tops Chrome Refractor. The buy-in for this was $2. I uh, bought this 24 months ago, so literally two years ago. And I sold it for $6.40. That's a 220% profit return on that. Common theme here, guys. I thought he was a breakout. He was going into his first full year. I knew that he was the number one prospect in baseball at one point for the Boston Red Sox before being traded to the White Sox. It may have taken him an extra year, which is maybe why I held it for 24 months and it never sold. But last year, 2019... Busted out with 25 home runs, 79 RBIs, 315 batting average, career high and on-base, slug, 141 OPS+. And one thing that I did notice, and the one thing I was holding on to, is I actually had him in my fantasy teams, and I was pretty in tune with what was going on. I knew that Moncada had changed his approach going into last year. He decided to be a little more aggressive and start swinging at pitches in the zone. And it actually shows, if you look at the numbers... So you look at his 2019 numbers, you'll see that he walked less, and he also struck out less. So he was walking less because he wasn't taking as many pitches, and he struck out less because he was hitting those pitches that were in the zone. And it, it showed in the numbers in his counting stats because he blew up. So that was a nice little flip right there, making uh, 220% on that. Can't say I'm going to be uh, too mad about that. And I got a bunch of Moncadas actually out there. Just waiting for them to flip. And I think he's going to have a good year again. At least the same, if not maybe even better. He hasn't gone into his prime just yet. So those are my flips of the week. I hope I gave you guys a little bit of insight on those cards and as to why I got it. One thing to note, and I'm going to come back to this as well, is most of these cards were at least a year old. As I was talking about, the Kepler was 13 months. Amir Garrett, almost three years. Brian Anderson, 12 months. Moncada, 24 months. So you have to have a little bit of patience. Yeah, you know what? You do get the flips where you buy it and you can flip it the same day or the next day. It's happened and those feel really good. You got to have a little bit of patience. Patience pays off, guys. And if you have the patience for it, some of these cards, they blow up nice to a nice little profit margin and you can sell out. Well, that's a nice little segue into the next little bit we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about tips and tricks into flipping cards. So when it comes to flipping baseball cards, there's so many ways to do it. Here's a couple tips. Here's a couple tricks to uh, get you guys going. Number one, due diligence. Do your due diligence, guys. Do your research. Because if you're just going to buy blindly, it won't end well. And case in point, we're going to go back to that example I was talking about before, Amir Garrett. I bought him based on Pedro Martinez on MLB Network. 
pumping his tires after a start saying this kid was special and I believed in it bought it bought it hook line and sinker didn't really pay attention to it if you look at Amir Garrett he does look like a pretty good pitcher in the minor leagues but he's got some red flags guys red flags in terms of things that I didn't see because I was too busy listening to Pedro who you know has the cred man he's got the street cred this guy's a hall of fame pitcher so Amir Garrett the year before he hit the majors he was Above average for K-rate, so his strikeouts per nine looked pretty good. I think it was 8.1. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but 8.1, I think, was his number. Not bad. But the thing that I didn't see and the thing that you might want to be looking for next time, his walks per nine. Walks per nine, I think, was at like a 3.1, which grades out as poor. If you think about it, 3.1 at that level, at AAA, imagine what happens when you get to the major league level and you got to face major league hitters. You're just asking for it. Guys are just going to be laying off on your junk. You're laying off on your stuff. And you're going to be in all kinds of trouble. So tip number one, due diligence. Do your work, guys. Look at the numbers. Look at the stats. Read his, Take as much information as you can. Absorb it. Use as many sources as you can. So Pedro is one source. He's the guy that got me turned on to Amir Garrett. Now, if I look deeper into the numbers and it all made sense, yeah, that's a guy that I might want to flip. So I like to look back on things, especially if I lose on a flip, to see what happened there. How can I prevent that? I think next time I can prevent it by doing my due diligence. Tip and trick number two, got to ramp up to spring training. So just like any other sport, I guess, when it comes to the hobby, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm assuming it's correct. The off-season is typically the best time to go and buy your cards because people have focused on other things in the baseball offseason. People are buying basketball, football. They're not really paying attention to baseball. That's a good time to buy it. As you're ramping up to spring, you're going to be looking at these cards again, especially if they have a hot spring. So people are going to start looking as early as February. Case in point, let's look at those four flips that I just had this week. And by no coincidence, these flips are happening at a time where usually the baseball season is about to start. So I've also done that. I've gone and bought the Max Keplers, the Amir Garretts of the world, the Brian Andersons and the Moncadas of the world. Right at this time, March, April, early in the year, February. So February, March, April, nice little window to start buying stuff and hopefully holding on to it, hoping for a big season from them. And in the next few months, you're able to flip it. Now, in some cases... I was able to flip it within a year. In some cases, it took me three years to eventually get rid of the card. So again, that's where the patience comes into play, guys. Be prepared to have it uh, sit there for a little bit, especially if you want your number, right? If I bought Max Kepler for $0.35 and I wanted $0.70, I probably could have got that really, really quickly. But what I did do is I just took the numbers and I said, hey, I'm going to ask for a little more. I'm going to put them on the upper end of it. And I was waiting. I was willing to hold on to it for 13 months, which I did. And instead of selling for 70 cents, I sold it for 223. So there is that as well. You got to have a little bit of patience, guys. And if you do that, you might get some good flips as a result. So ramp up to spring. It's a good time to buy. That's uh, tip and trick number two. And we're going to talk a little bit now going into the next segment. We're going to talk a little bit about fantasy. Fantasy baseball is a lot different this year, guys, just because of the world pandemic that's happening right now hopefully you guys are all safe hopefully you're all healthy you're doing your part you know kind of it's us against the world right now isn't it mother nature is trying to kick our ass and i'm a little bit devastated because this should be the baseball season right now so i'm really hoping everyone is doing their part 
so we can get a little bit more baseball, a little more normalcy into our lives. Well, let's talk about the fantasy season, the uh, if and when it happens. Fantasy, if you guys are in the redrafts, if you guys are into doing roto, which is traditionally the way to go, I think I'm in one roto league, two keeper roto leagues. I'm also in a week-to-week. So those are four teams that I'm kind of looking at and juggling. And in those roto leagues, it's a marathon, isn't it? It's 162 games. It's six months of baseball. It's a grind to get to the top, to stay there. The difference about this year is we're looking at a much shorter season. It could be anywhere from 120 down to maybe even 80 games. It might even be a really short season if they want to get one in there. And in that case, it goes from a marathon to a race. Why that's important is because in a race, a hot start can win it, guys. So if you've got guys that just go nuts in Roto Leagues for the first half of the year up until the All-Star game, those kind of players could be the ones that help you win. So we're going to take a look at some quick start players. We're also going to take a look at some uh, cold start guys, maybe guys that you don't want around. So what you really want to do is you really want to go after some quick start players, right? You want to go after the guys that start off hot. Maybe they take a nosedive in the second half. Who really cares? You don't really need that kind of production in the second half because there might not be a traditional second half. But what you definitely want to do, I think, is uh, in terms of being a, a GM and drafting guys, especially in redraft leagues, you want to kind of pay attention to the cold start guys. Maybe skip them and go for the next guy. We're going to go over an example right here, Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman, we're looking at his three years of production right here, his last three years. You'll find that in April, he bats 260. Rest of the year, he's batting 294. That's a 30-point difference in terms of your batting average from 260 to 294. And this is over three years, guys. It's not over last year. It's not like a fluke. He kind of is a slow starter. Look at his ISO, his isolated power. In April, it clocks in at 125. The rest of the year, over the last three years, 268. So his power doubles. It more than doubles the rest of the year as it warms up. So you may want to kind of avoid those quick start guys like Alex Bregman. It also doesn't help that he's got the Astros scandal to deal with. I don't know if fans are going to be forgiving of the Astros now that they've had a little bit of pandemic to deal with so maybe they're just going to be super happy about baseball not really give a rat's ass and just go crazy and and cheer them on anyway they're just happy to see baseball again but if you're banging trash cans if you're the kind of guy that's buying up tickets i got buddies i you know being living in toronto i've got buddies i can't wait for the astros to come to town so they can just heckle them it happens man fans you pay the money you can do whatever you want And if that happens, that's just an added distraction for a guy like Alex Bregman. Do I really want to take him? Are his numbers real, right? Is he going to get distracted by trash cans? You know, is he going to get, you know, is it a mental block to deal with that kind of media, fans, and put the numbers that you need, that you know you can do? I don't know. We'll see about that. There's some other cold start guys. I'm not going to get super into the numbers. But again, I'm looking at a three-year average. Usually it's a batting average or and or isolated power. And these are names that you guys usually would take off the board, right? Anthony Rizzo, Cattell Marte, Juan Soto, Starling Marte, and Jose Ramirez. You know, these are guys that maybe you want to do a little research on before you do your drafts if you haven't done them yet. Maybe skip them a little bit, move on to the next guy. Of course, if they're dangling there, it's low-hanging fruit. By all means, go for it. But these are guys that I might want to try to avoid this fantasy year based on the fact that we're doing a race versus a marathon in 2020. 
And the final segment I'm going to get into is a little bit of hobby talk. I'm going to do a little hobby talk as well. You know, with the whole pandemic going on, with the whole virus, you got to look at card values, guys. Obviously, baseball cards, sporting cards, memorabilia, and stuff like that really takes a backseat to what's going on. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are without jobs. People are dealing with sicknesses, whether it's themselves directly or family. This is affecting everybody, guys. So I'm not going to hype up cards and say this is super important because it really isn't. What I'm saying is that this is a welcome distraction, guys. You put on the news, you put on TV, this is all you hear. Sometimes you just need to get away from things. And I find that baseball cards are kind of nice little distraction for as little uh, time as you can during the day, just to keep you distracted, just to keep your mind off of things. And we're going to be talking about values. I think in terms of card values for the next you know, few months at least, it looks like that your values are going to diminish. Are they going to tank? Is it a bubble? I don't think so. I think people are willing to hold on to their cards for now. But I think you will find some good deals as people are starting to look at different ways of you know, generating a little bit of income, whether they sell parts of their collection, uh, whether they're looking for a couple quick bucks to you know, pay the next bill or whatnot, and they sell one of their nice cards. I think you might have some good value out there. And I also think that Gary V, you know, before the corona was coming around, if you follow Gary V on Instagram and you know about Gary V, he's a big card fan. I think he's a legit card fan. He loves collecting. He's got his kid into it, which is great. But he's also got a big voice in the social media world. And people were buying up his cards. Whenever he talked about someone, people were buying them like crazy. One of the examples is a Ronald Acuna. So his Ronald Acuna, his update, 2018 Tops update card, graded a 10 20 days ago, 20 plus days ago, was selling for $260 on eBay. Now you can find it for $150. So we're talking a difference between $260 and $150 in less than a month. Now, of course, it helps that Gary V kind of pumped Ronald Acuna up. But coming down that much, especially when it's typically, traditionally, the baseball season, kind of nuts. Now, think about it. If Corona wasn't around and he's being sold for $260 a month ago and Acuna came out and was on fire for the first week, hit three homers, you know, jacks three home runs, takes four stolen bases, game-winning hits, swagging all over the place, that 260 is probably 3320 It's probably got a ceiling of 350 in the first month. But... Because of circumstance, because of the way it is, you can actually find them on eBay now for 150 for a PSA 10. That just goes to show you've got to be careful. You've got to understand the market and which way it's going. And you've got to make a quick decision, a hard decision sometimes. Do I buy? Do I sell? Do I hold? In this case, for me, with my collection, it's a straight hold. It's an easy hold. And in terms of the cards that I have listed on COMC, it's also a hold. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you for tuning in to my first episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to be talking a lot more about this kind of stuff, tips and tricks, a little bit of fantasy talk, a little bit of the hobby talk, weekly breakdowns of all my flips on my Instagram. Please check it out, guys. My Instagram handle, Flip Mode Buck. That's where I got started, guys. I wanted to come back into the hobby. I wanted to share a little bit. And after about a year with great conversations, great chats between fellow collectors. I decided I want to jump into a podcast, maybe even expand on that kind of thing that I do on my Instagram account. And hopefully I do that with my weekly breakdown. Looking forward to a little more content in the future, possibly things like Flipping 101. So, 
you know, little information classes, if you will, about things that I've learned in the hobby. Basically, I'm trying to get you guys, for those that are new to flipping, those that are interested in the hobby, whether you want to just hobby, whether you want to just flip, it doesn't even matter. Get you guys a little bit of knowledge because I had to learn it on my own. There was a lot of trial and error involved. It wasn't the easiest thing for me, but I've gotten to the point where I'm pretty comfortable with what I do in the hobby now. And if I can help you guys out, that's all I want. So thanks again. If you guys like it, please give me a follow. And we'll see you next time on 7th Inning Flips.